0: On today's podcast, we've begun a new series of messages leading up to Easter Sunday. Our discussion in this episode centers around John chapter 18, where Jesus is arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. We talk about how it's so easy to overlook important details as we read the Bible, especially in places where we feel a lot of familiarity. We also delve into some deep topics like the tension between God's sovereignty and man's free will. All of this and more today on After the Message. All right, guys. Well, welcome to the podcast this week. Hello. Good to see you. Hey, Mike. We finally Thank got you. I, you know, I love that moment every week where, you know, I say welcome. Good to see you and you all. Hey, Mike. Like in unison. <laughs> like we <laughs> just saw you for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Like, like We haven't been like, sitting here 20 minutes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wasting each other's time. I'm talking about nonsense. <laughs> Definitely nonsense. Well, I wouldn't say. Well, I don't know. Some of it maybe, but but not all of it.
0: Not all of it. Uh, so everybody, everybody have a good weekend. Yeah, what's well, a good. good weekend?
2: Well, Final it's Four weekend. If you're mm-hmm. a basketball fan, I am Final not. Four, some yeah. great
0: games.
1: Perfect weather. Took the boys it was fishing. Beautiful, beautiful weather. I took bass from the pond, filleted them, and on the grill. All Saturday night. Wow, Whoa, that's awesome. That's manly.
2: Oh, it was, man, I felt pretty. <laughs> did you beat your chest while you did it? <laughs> <laughs> I am man. <laughs> I am fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's what I would have
1: done. might <laughs> uh, uh, have done a little bit. <laughs> Would do that. <laughs> yes, he would. Hey, today's his birthday uh, It is Happy birthday, Happy buddy Happy birthday, Callie. It won't be when y'all hear this, though Yeah, yeah. That's right That's How old? So uh, he turns ten. 10 Double digits Big mm. 10 awesome. Good stuff He had a great birthday Happy mm. birthday, Callan
0: So, uh, hey So just uh, as we think back on yesterday uh, uh, Of course, we started a new series on Easter Three weeks uh, leading up to the big day Which is Easter And uh, so... Uh this Sunday we were talking uh, we we were from chapter or John chapter 18. Uh we were talking about uh, Jesus in the garden and his arrest. Uh and so really uh it was incredible, incredible message by the way. I I I found myself uh, as I was thinking about it like and we were talking just a minute ago about the familiarity with scripture sometimes mm-hmm. and you'd lose Details, But there was a couple there were a couple of things like I never thought about, like the whole whole idea that I guess I always imagined it to be sort of a, a relatively small group of people, mm-hmm. the arresting party. And so just the the idea that there were likely hundreds of people mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. Um, was like that seems like a much more epic scene than I ever mm-hmm. thought, you know, and then the idea, you know, that they all fell down when he mentioned his name. And I, I imagine hundreds of people like falling to the ground. And I thought, wow, like that must have been something to see.
2: And then even still where he, <laughs> he has to help them get back up and remind them why they were <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> They're all disoriented. Oh, it's oh, like, uh, yeah. So, and you were saying. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pretty wild. Yeah, so I mean, I guess that's that's just really interesting because, you know, for, especially for those of us who've been in church like all of our lives and you hear these stories and you become so familiar with them that you almost just, they become emblazoned in your mm-hmm. in your mind or your brain in a certain way and you just overlook details that are there. They've been there all along, but you just like, like you just are kind of inoculated to them, I yeah, guess. That's right. Sure. That's a good point. I, I think we all have
1: pictures in our head and it always is interesting to me when somebody else teaches on it. Or even if there's some kind of writing, or even like the movies or the TV shows, because you see the visual that somebody else had, and since you were a little kid, the first time you had this story, you put a picture in your head mm. of what that looked like, like. The flannel board, flannel board. Yeah. yeah, and it may not have ever changed. <laughs> and um, what's cool is, I mean, I think yesterday put a new picture in my head mm-hmm. in a couple different right. ways. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. great.
0: So what are other examples of that? Could you? So I'm thinking of like the nativity, mm-hmm. like the whole idea that you always see. <laughs> when when people represent the nativity, you always see the shepherds and the wise men and yep. you know everybody together, <laughs> and it's like which
2: is actually just not, it's not the know, way it's it happens, not, happened. not, not it's historically accurate. Right. I mean, you That's know, right. whatever. <laughs> yeah, for me, growing up, right. So sometimes before we go reading our Bible and we have these stories in our head to that point, I remember watching the Ten Commandments with my grandparents every single year at charlton Charleston Heston, charlton Heston, and and Yul Brynner who is the the Pharaoh. Uh, and I remember that being gospel truth to me, mm-hmm. um, that that is exactly how it went down. That's what they looked like. That's what they <laughs> sounded like. Everything about that movie was as good as the infallible word of God. And as I grew up, I was like, wait, are you telling me that it, it could be different than that? Is it, what are you talking about? <laughs> so even still, like when I go back to the exodus, when I go back to the plagues, I go back to that moment. Mm-hmm. Like I go back to sit in my grandparents' living room and yeah. watching that movie thinking, that's exactly how Yeah, but I think that proves a point, man. I think that also proves why we should always go back to the Word of God um, itself. Like we need to have a copy of it. We need to be reading it um, because we have a nature to create truth in our mind and and to live that that truth is now authoritative, but it may not be accurate. Um, But because we believe it's true, but because we've we've we have repeated that that idea time and time and time again. But we've never uh, reread it or refreshed on it, or even maybe even looked at it, because we, again, Charlton Heston is the the standard for me mm-hmm. when it comes to Moses. Um, that we got to go back to the scripture. I think it's really important for us to not believe just in in some mindset to think that we know the word of God and what mm-hmm. it says. But we need to read what it says and allow it to to do what it's going to do. It's fresh and new every time you look at it. I one, one, think things, one, one of the things we do
3: sometimes in in groups that I'm in, we will take a passage and read from different translations to go, okay, here's mm-hmm. what, and, and try to talk through, to, does, that, does that open up something that you didn't see before? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys, what is, what's your go-to translation, and what's one that you're going to go to for something to kind of see it through a different lens? Like mm-hmm. I go, I'm, I'm going to read ESV usually, but then I will often add in like the Christian standard, or even if I want to read a lot, It's more of a paraphrase, not a translation, so we can have that conversation, Hmm. like the message or the NLT, those kind of things. Hmm. What do you guys go to to kind of see different translations?
4: Yeah, so ESV, CSB, NIV, because it's just so familiar to me. I grew up on NIV, and Mm -hmm. so when I, even when I try to quote scripture, it ends up being this (laughs) usually NIV uh, (laughs) kind of version, Um, and so I, I I think those three, um, I do like looking at the message just to get like a different perspective a little bit, yeah. like to, uh, you know, color a picture that maybe I didn't see. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. um, and I, and I think too, though, not mm. just translation, but like slowing down, mm-hmm. like it goes back to that assumption. Like I already know the story. Let me go ahead and get through it instead of just taking your time and reading it. And, and maybe just also yeah. asking the questions of like, why is this here? Mm-hmm. Like, what else do I see? Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. I and was, so, was going to say, it's particularly dangerous, I think, with those stories that we're really familiar with. That's right. Like, what we're going to be talking about the next three weeks. I mean, you know, this is like, this is stuff that we hear over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so you, you, you come to think, like, I, I know it, I already know it. So when you read it, like, you, oh, you, you fill in the blank, like, skim it more oh, yeah. than you do, like, really dig right, into right. it. And so, because again, you're already predisposed to to think, okay, yeah, I, I know this. Um, but to your question, uh, Neil, I, uh, ESV because that's what we use here at the church. Uh, but also the the New Living Translation I use a lot just because it's a uh, um, it feels more like modern language to me, and and so it just feels more conversational, I guess. And so it generally gives me uh, I don't know a different perspective, but
3: that's good. What do, you, what do you go with, Mark?
1: Uh, ESV is the one I read. Um, I did grow up on NIV as well. But I do like, not to teach from, but just sometimes to give a different picture, the message does sometimes mm-hmm. bring a little more light to it. or mm-hmm. um, He does a good job of explaining things in such a way that you see it. Um, maybe in, I do. I see it kind of in my head a little better.
0: Um, so. Often when I read the message, though, I find myself questioning, like, so is that really that what it means? Because <laughs> <Yeah, right. laughs> I haven't seen it that yeah. way at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call yeah. on that, though. Yeah. By the way. <laughs> Did you get right. a little lenient yeah. there on how you translated <laughs> that? Yeah. Yeah. That's
2: right. Yeah. Right. Now for me, uh, so mine is how if I'm trying to sort out where somebody is, like how they are going to interpret scripture. So it's not necessarily the same question, but maybe it's just the other side of it mm-hmm. where, where instead of me wanting more clarity on what I see this the picture as, I want to know what clarity that somebody else is going to have. So, for example, um, I will go to the King James Bible uh, if I know that uh, there, if I'm dealing with the, in, in our cultural context, many senior adults uh, who grew up, mm-hmm. that that was the the standard for them and still in some cases is the standard for them. I know from where I came from at New Palestine, that was a big deal that, that um, the KJV is what most people had, but I preached that the ESV. And although they are similar because they're both word for word translations. And again, Neil talked about it. We, we could do a whole podcast on that, but we won't today. Um, but I'll go to that to, to kind of see where they're landing. Um, but like yesterday, for example, uh, I think there was a better translation than what the ESV gave in the NIV. When it gave the word detachment as opposed to the group, um, because the detachment is an official term, so you go there and then. But New Living Translation is probably my favorite easy read um, mm-hmm. because, funny enough, you know, I I trust it more than the message. I don't know why I should. But sure. Like I, I read the message, and I'm like, I mm, <laughs> feel like you're very suspect yeah. as, I, yeah. right. as It, I'm it almost that. feels too casual, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So I think that's me. Yeah.
0: Well, one thing that uh, you know, I, this is this is reinforced, and I, I feel like. I feel like I've I thought this a lot um especially over the last year or so but um but particularly yesterday it was reinforced that it seems like so often like so much gets lost in the English translation like you know there's so many times I feel like you know you're going back well in the Greek like this is mm-hmm. this is what this means right. and so
2: which you know in the English translation that totally gets lost I feel like there's a lot of cases for that. I mean, because the, the Greek language is totally different than the English language, right? Uh, and so even yesterday when Jesus makes the statement, when they ask him, uh, you know, who, you, who are you, who, right. whom are you looking for is what he says. And, and they say Jesus of Nazareth. And, and he, you know, in our translation says, I am he. Um, but even still, that, that kind of misses the mark. And, and what he did was, was crazy because he uses the sacred name of God in first person but he's using the Greek word that, you know, the Septuagint, if you go back into right. the translations, he's using the Greek word that's there for the Hebrew phrase that's in Exodus, mm-hmm. when God is speaking to Moses through the burning bush. And so it, it, he was a master. He's God. He was a master <laughs> over the language that he used. Like it was the words he chooses and how mm-hmm. it is how it is written mm-hmm. is very, very specific. Yeah. Uh, and it points, I believe with beautiful clarity and power to the exact things that he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's I mean, why those words matter. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel, but I feel like, again, without that sort of depth of context, you you, you sort of miss out on that, the significance of that, mm-hmm. you know, in, in just a reading, you know, of the English translation. Mm-hmm. Um, so other thoughts on that?
4: I, I don't, I wouldn't want our listeners to hear though that, you're missing something that is essential, Mm -hmm. right? Like, like the English translations that we have are good translations Mm -hmm. and they've been put together really well. And so for the things that we need to know for um, who God is and Mm -hmm. for salvation and for those things, like we can trust that. Mm. Um, I think the way I've, I've always heard it described and like, I, I experienced this growing up, but the difference between black and white and color television, mm-hmm. like just the when I have a picture, um, I get so many other uh, nuances to it when I when I see it in full. Right. Yeah. But but I still know the story and I still know the mm. essential and core That's things yeah, I like that. Um, and so so like you said, that that phrase, there's there's just a lot of power in that, in that moment that Jesus uses those specific words. However, it doesn't subtract from the story that right. we need to know about the garden or the yeah. the essential things, the foundational things that we need to know about That's good. about
2: Christ. That's exactly so, right. But still on on to take that just a touch further. Sure. I think a translation does matter though sure because there are word for word translations and thought for thought translations That's right. and so if if you were asking me if i'm if i'm going to have one bible one bible to to lead and guide my life like i want it i want it to be the thing that i'm submitting to I would encourage you to get a word-for-word translation. Sure. Um, and, and some of those are going to be harder to read because when you are translating Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic word-for-word, word, sometimes the sentence structure is wonky. Just yeah, that's why when you the read ESV, it's wonky. KJV, it's wonky. Uh, New King James is wonky. Uh, New American is Standard standards. is wonky. So, so you have those, which are all word-for-word translations. And I think that's why the NIV was so popular and still so popular because it's kind of a mixture of both worlds. Because it is, it is a very good and trusted translation, but it's not only a word for word, it's also some thought for thought um, to make the reading of it understandable. Understandable, mm-hmm. right? that's right. Um, so, so if you're hearing that and you heard what Sean said, but you're, you're working out of the message version, that's I right. would encourage you not to let that, don't let just a, a, a thought for thought Bible be your
4: Bible. We, we, right? Which technically the message is not a translation. Right, technically. So, New Living so, Translation, I'll, right? There you go. Has a that's, translation that's in it.
2: I wouldn't <laughs> let that be your only Bible that you're going to. I think you'll learn from it. I think you'll be edified by it. But, but if I'm, <laughs> I, I want more accuracy when it right. comes to sure. what these words are and and potentially what they mean for us. So, I well, think yeah. digging deep, like the the conversation we had Sunday, uh, I walked away with a
3: newer appreciation for Peter than I'd had before. I kind of thought I saw him as really missing an opportunity to to stand for Jesus in his betrayal, Just, mm-hmm. which we have. But the the way in which the the passage unfolded, and we see a picture of him as actually in the moment, with potentially hundreds of people around, pulls out the Swiss Army knife mm-hmm. and is ready to go. Like man, that I, I have a compassion for him that I did not have before, <laughs> or it, it, at least colored in the lines that um, didn't.
0: Yet he uh, yet he attacks the only person who probably like <laughs> didn't really want to be there. Like he was a servant, But I mean,
3: like you, I think I said this earlier. Like is seeing him in that position reminds me of Elijah in the Old Testament, the prophets of Baal, of complete boldness one second, and then within a day is hiding in a cave yeah. from one person. Mm-hmm. It's just the difference. And I was like, I identify with that. Yeah. Right. And one day this and the next day broken, fragile,
2: timid. Yeah. I love the gospels because that's, that's full of the pictures yeah, of, yeah. of broken people. That's but right. Jesus still loves them and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and cares for them. But going going back to the story, uh, the really, really cool moment. You know, the fact that when Peter does pull out his knife and start to go to work, right, <laughs> uh, he's, he he tries to, in my opinion, go for a kill shot in the face of a guy who's standing in front of him. All right, so when they're coming up, there's a Roman army, like, like they're there, they're, they're there, but we heard just before that when he reveals his name to them in a way that is totally different, they all go back and fall to the ground, and Jesus has to remind them, but I still think it's unique that if we're using these context clues, they're still a little bit further away mm. because the first guy available to be stabbed in the face wasn't a Roman guard. But mm. it was one of the servants of the high priest <laughs> Because those guys were still in the back Said I ain't touching it I'm, mm, I'm not there yeah. And Jesus had to remind them why they were there Like come on let's go ahead and get this thing going So anyway it I found it unique That the, the, the guy that he got <laughs> Would More than likely have been at the back of the line Except all the, the brave guys <laughs> Fell back and on their face <laughs> And now he's just there uh, Kind of a, a beautiful story I think Yeah
0: so, um, so a couple of things that I I, I thought might be worth bringing up. Uh, one, we're not going to resolve in this this podcast. It's kind of like the translation thing. We could we could probably spend a whole podcast on it, but it did come up in our life group, so I'll bring it up here. Um, because one of the things that you talked about on Sunday was the fact, which I love this picture, by the way. You know, we we tend to maybe think that like these things are happening to Jesus and and maybe feel some sort of, you know, almost like sorry for like all these things are happening to him, but everything in the garden like was going according to his plan. Like he was, Ooh. it's obvious that he was in complete control. Like, you know, he speaks his name, everybody falls down. He says, get up. Let me remind you why you're here. Let's get on with it. You know, it's like, um, so, and, and you made a point to say, you know, that everything was going according to God's will and things do go according to mm-hmm. God's plan. Um, so, you know, one of the things that came up in our, our, uh, life group was, okay, so if everything goes according to God's will, then what does that say about the free will of man? Like, you know, decisions that like, if everything's going to happen the way God wants it to happen, mm-hmm. then, you know, what does that mean for us mm-hmm. in, in our
2: free will? Yep. So the question is, does man have free will? Yes. Essentially. Yes. That's... Yeah. And, and I would, so the quick answer is Yes. How do you know that man has free will? Because the scriptures tell us that man has has will and, and it's will to choose. Like I go, my, my verse for that is Joshua 24, uh, where Joshua is, is renewing the covenant right before he is going to pass. And he says, choose this day whom you will serve. Uh, if it's right for you to go and serve those other gods, go do that. Choose that thing. But for me and my family, we are going to serve the Lord. So, so there's a very clear call of you need to put your attention to this. The Shema, going back to Deuteronomy 6, what kept those people there? The okay. choice was going to be to keep this law in front of you. Because if you don't, you're going to forget it. So the choice is yours to mm-hmm. do it. But is God sovereign even while man has free will? Yes. How do we know that? Because the scriptures tell us that God is sovereign, that even our lives before the foundations of the world were created, he knew every single one of them. Uh, and, and so the tension that I don't feel, but I know some people do, how can God be fully sovereign, meaning he knows everything, and man have free will? That's a tension I don't feel the need to resolve yep. because the scriptures don't feel a need to resolve those things. Um, I think if, if you think ultimately you, it's only your choice that matters, that, that gets us to a really arrogant place, that that is going to also be too weighty for us to carry because we can't carry that. Mm. I think also if you go to the other side and you think it's only God is sovereign and man has no choice, then you become a fatalist and you quit trying to do or say or, or, or be a part of anything because you're just like, well, what will be will be. Uh, and I believe the Lord has called us as we read his word to live in the tension of both of those things, mm-hmm. that we walk humbly with him, do justice, love mercy, that we talked about Micah, but we are also trusting, not in our own way, but we're going to, mm-hmm. in all of our ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight our paths. Yeah, That's where I land on it. I mean, I know there are some people who want an answer. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Well, and I, and I think in our discussion where we kind of landed was was similar to that, like, you know. Yeah, there are just some things we're just not ever going to get our heads around, you know, because right. we're not God. Well, and it's dangerous to ignore what Scripture says. Scripture says both things, mm-hmm. right? So it's a dangerous
3: spot to ignore what Scripture's saying. It's a, yeah. it's another thing to to submit and go. I don't understand both of these things coexist. I can't wrap my head around it. Yep, mm-hmm. that that's safe. That's that's healthy. It seems like. Well,
1: yeah. and, and Judas just really makes this question even that much more difficult. It is mm-hmm. tough because he he was pretty critical part of the plan. And and so you know, did was this all a part of the initial plan for Judas to be that guy? Was he destined for was it? Was he destined yeah. for it? Did he have a choice? Mm-hmm. Is Judas different than everybody else because of the role he would play? It does just it it sure it it brings up a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, that I can understand.
2: The yeah, life group So way. somebody asked you, Mark Evans, Pastor. I asked the question already. That was <laughs> too bad. An you answer. tried to get ahead of no. asking the question. <laughs> you Back didn't part. ask the question. You talked about the question. So Mark Evans, I'm coming to you for counsel, Pastor. Did was Judas born to do that thing? Was he born to betray the Christ? No. Am
1: I answering the question, or am I giving pastoral asking, feedback? You're, you're, yeah, give pastoral feedback. I, I would say that is a great question. <laughs> <laughs> let me, Classic. Let me rephrase what I think I hear you saying. Oh, okay. oh wow. You're Way welcome. to go. Now you're, now you're giving the Neil answer. Way to go. What I to went, hear you I went this? straight for the Neil. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would say it's, it, uh, it is— it is one of those things where I do not think there's a real complete right or wrong answer and there is some mystery there mm-hmm. because I, I I have a hard time really wrapping my head around the idea that God would create Judas and say, I'm going to determine from the beginning that you have no choice in this, but it is the same thing that we, we deal with in, in a lot of the way we see God work through the disobedience and through the rebellion, and even through all that, His sovereignty somehow works it all out. Mm-hmm. We see it a lot in the Old Testament, um, and which brings up another question: where God uh, hardened Pharaoh's heart, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's this isn't a one-off. This, there's there are other right. examples of mm. of how God works through people, even their disobedience, even their rebellion, to to bring His will to to pass. I don't know that there's a, an easy answer on it, but I cannot mm-hmm. deny his goodness and his sovereignty, mm-hmm. and I cannot really deny the, the free will, and somehow he uses all that to make his plans mm-hmm. come through. Yeah.
2: Mm. Great answer, Pastor. <laughs> great answer. It's really good. I think it's good. I, I think Neil's cutting his eyes. <laughs> <of the light. laughs> great man, you That's did a great, great answer. Great. But I do think uh, if if. The whole purpose behind Christ coming was to be our atoning sacrifice, our being any, any people who would come to put their hope and trust in him, right? So, so the atoning sacrifice for the sin of the world, um, whether we believe it would be Judas or somebody else, we know that it had to happen that way, um, for the fact that Jesus, even in, in chapter 18, is keeping them on track of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and even before Judas technically betrayed him, he said that he would. As they mm-hmm. were sitting there in the gro- in, right. in the upper room taking, taking the supper, he washed their feet, washed his feet. Mm-hmm. And he said, look, one of you are going to betray me tonight. And they're all worried about, man, who is it? Who is it? Is it me? Is it you? Two people in that room knew. Mm-hmm. Jesus knew and Judas knew. But the fact that in that moment, before it happened, Jesus said, "Go do what you got to do." Like, like in that, there it feels of. Go do what you were supposed to do. Go. That's hard. That that's weighty, and I don't I don't know necessarily yeah. what to do with that completely. But I do know that if he didn't, somebody would have right. Um, I don't think that it was in such a way that you know. After Judas gets it done, and oh, I fulfilled my call on life. I'm so happy about that, because Judas's end was awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he goes and and kills himself, and and it's it's disgusting, even in that of mm-hmm. of how he kills himself and what happens to him. And um, but there there is a tension, and it is a mystery, I think. And I think whenever you get to the qualifications of deacon and elder, um, there is this idea that. You are. These men are to hold the mystery of the gospel, hmm. and and part of that is this tension
1: mm-hmm.
2: that we're not looking in those leadership roles of the church. We're not looking for men who have all the answers, because the, we don't have all the answers. We're looking for men who humbly mm. hold the tension together, mm. and we can walk in humility with it. In awe. Of in awe. That's exactly that right. Mystery. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's mm. um, <laughs> good.
4: Yeah, so like you said, Judas does what he needs to do. I'm also always reminded of when he comes to Jesus in the garden, mm-hmm. that Jesus looks at Judas and calls him friend. Mm-hmm. Right? And then you see a moment of regret from Judas. And so for for me as I as I read the scripture and I hear Jesus say that to Judas, and I see the regret of Judas, to know that Judas has an open door to Jesus. In that moment, Jesus did not shut him out, mm-hmm. but Judas decides to take matters into his own hands instead of returning to the one who had called him friend. Mm-hmm. So, e- even in that moment, that Judas has done what he needs to do. In in my. In my reading, there's this moment that Jesus leaves the door open for Judas, mm-hmm. but he chooses not to step through it and instead i'm i'm gonna my whatever you can call it fate, destiny, whatever is in my own hands, mm-hmm. and so even though I regret it, I will not choose to run to the one who has called me friend i yeah. will i will I will take care of it myself
1: so in the moment. Salvation was still open to Judas. Is what you're, is what you're 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 pushing toward. Yeah, nobody
3: heard the motion you just made with your hands, Sean.
1: (laughs) I don't don't know. Uh Oh, don't Uh don't say it. I don't Uh know.
2: Don't say it. I feel it coming. (laughs) I right, so he was the, miming. Yeah, I was Gosh. miming. <laughs> 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 uh, I, I
1: wasn't going to say it. I, I wasn't can tell say Why it. you almost went pro? I mean, that was that's really <laughs> <laughs> good. Uh, good. That's good. I, like, uh, I don't.
4: I, I don't know. I just. But, but I, uh, let I me think, say right, this because, my, like, right?
1: My, 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 I had the same question about the rich young ruler. Right. I always want to think. Well, maybe he was sad, maybe he went away, and eventually he repented. Right. We don't, know. A, we don't know, but was it at least open to him what? to where the choice is yours? The choice has always been yours, just because you, uh, you were used for yeah. this purpose. But you're I, bumping
3: into something that yeah. to me feels weird, which is open or invited. Like, is Jesus um, calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He That's calls true. those to him rather than just being, it's not just available, it's, it's, a, it's a calling
2: to him. So that's a little different than just an open sure. door. Oh. Mm. Sure. And, and all right. Yeah. I, so, so great conversation, great discussion. Yeah. We know that it's the Lord's will that no man should perish, right? And we know that for God so loved the world that he sent his son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. I believe that the, the invitation is open to all, but not all will respond. Respond. Right. Um, I, and here's here's what the mystery is, and and I, again, I I can't resolve this, and I don't feel the need to resolve this, right? But I do think we need to to give clarity on what the tension is in case somebody feels it but doesn't know quite what it is. Although those things are true that we just talked about, God still knows who will and won't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think there's a, a version of this as we read through the scripture where he's sitting in Surprised. heaven saying, I don't know what Mark Evans is going to do. Right. Right? Uh, he which knows, we, which we, we do, we think that on a daily basis. <laughs> right. We think that no, uh, but, but so, so there's a tension there. I, and when we are dealing with Jesus, right? So he is fully man and he's fully God. Mm-hmm. John repeats over and over and over again. And him knowing what will happen. Right, so he said that in 18, he's gonna say it in 19, and him knowing what will happen. So it's this idea of a knowledge that he has that is different than what everybody else has. Mm. He's still operating in this plane of understanding that's outside of our realm. That's right. He knows. Mm -hmm. I think the invitation is always there, Mm -hmm. but he knows. Right, Mm. right. So when he looks at Judas, like, I have to assume, go do what you must. He was gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure, we, we can posture and say, well, the invitation was there to make ourselves feel better, to make it feel like he wasn't a son of perdition. But he knew. He knew what he was going to do because of what was soon to unfold. Right.
1: And and, and, and I would say he knew is different, and I agree with you, he knew, but right. that's different than He caused. He caused. Mm-hmm. And there was never an option for Judas. And I'm not saying where I land. I'm just saying that's that that's the right, hard one. The, that's where it gets a little dicey. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. unresolved is good because yeah. I, it's one thing for him to cause it. It's another thing for him to know it and mm-hmm. allowed Judas to do what he was going to do. Uh, right, but to say he never had a choice, he never had the freedom to receive that or to accept that invitation. All right, so can I can I go Ooh.
2: hyper hyper Calvinist? <laughs> Yes. What, is it, what does that mean, though? What does it mean to go hyper Calvinist? So hyper Calvinist so is the idea of we are just operating only under the Lord's sovereignty and man has zero free will. Okay. Right. So I'm not, I don't live there. Um, I have friends who live there. I don't live there. I'm, I live close, some but are, not there. Some are listening to this. Yeah, they are. We're they're having a great up. discussion. They're ready this. to go. They're about
1: to crawl through the microphone. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All
2: right. You, you find. What I'm hearing you say, I'll use that, Neil, we're going to connect. What I'm hearing you say is that you find a struggle with the fact that God would create Judas for destruction, if that be his sole purpose. All right. So is that true or not true? Uh, I would say you have identified my attention.
3: Okay, good. Yeah. Thank you. That's a very good way to say that.
1: Um, I, feel, I feel valued by you. Right. Two,
2: <laughs> two things. Uh, one is we're born with a sin nature. Therefore, we are inherently sinful. There's never a moment in our breathing that we are sinless. Okay? Mm-hmm. I know some people may take ex- exception with that and say, well, what about babies? What about young kids? Sinful. From the moment that we breathe our first breath, we breathe in depravity, right? So I, I believe that that is, that is true. Okay. Um, would God not be just to allow... His creation that has stepped away from His way, Mm -hmm. even at the core of who they are, to be destroyed? Mm. Is that not just? So would God be out of character to allow Judas, his life, Mm -hmm. to move towards this moment in justice? So, so there's that, all right? So that, that's argument one. I would say that's loose, okay? Here's one that I, I may could get behind. Like, I think this is just a struggle. Probably still in the same Reformed camp. Judas is creation. God's creation submits to his will. Whatever it is, for whatever reason it is. Now, I understand we're now dealing with the character of God. Would God's character be this way, right? So that's a whole other conversation for another day. But the fact that Judas is creation and he can create a tree to grow and he can create a tree to die but all of it's going to give him glory in some strange way Judas life even the betrayal god's getting glory from a son who will now be the atoning sacrifice for all of his creation that has gone away mm. and now they can return i know that's that's a dicey topic mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that I land on any one of those, but those are two arguments that live. And I think that helps bring some tension to the table that that has to be dealt with. Is God unjust? Would God be unjust if he allowed Judas in his entire life to be moving towards that moment? Mm -hmm. I don't think he would be unjust. Right. But it would go against our idea that usually... everybody's relatively good. Maybe we got some bad sides to us and yeah. we just need a little refinement. Yep. Right. I think that, that is also the weight of this cup that Jesus is drinking. Right. Mm. Because up until this moment, what Judas is doing and, and what he is soon to receive is, is what we should all receive. It right. is this, this feel of an abandonment of God's presence. Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to see that in Jesus next week when we get into chapter 19. Mm. And he's on the cross. That 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 is he experienced hell. What is hell? It is the absence of the presence of God for an eternity. He mm-hmm. he experiences that on our behalf. So anyway, th- those are just two. And I know that's weighty. <laughs> you yeah. just pull that. Yeah, that's what later. I was feeling. But, but again, I, don't, I don't know if we resolve that. No. But yeah.
1: that's right. Yeah, but it, it does it does address this idea that oh my gosh that wouldn't be fair if God did that. Well, it would be fair. The the fairness, just the, the, we yeah, don't want fair. Yeah, that's right. The justice is we all already deserve it, mm-hmm. and you know, and it's nobody deserves to get the choice. Nobody deserves to get heaven. Um, is what I'm hearing you clarify. That's in correct. That. Right. That's good. Mm.
0: All right. So, yeah. Well, sort of a
3: light discussion.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> we, light, we yeah,
0: yeah, that, that, that turned into a longer Ooh. discussion than I thought it would. So, um,
2: <laughs> really? Really? We thought that was a short <laughs> I'll okay. we'll talk about that in two minutes. We'll keep all going. All right. <laughs> It'll be great.
0: Um, so, hey, one of the, we, we've got a few more, just a few more minutes. That's all. But, um, so we probably don't have time for another long discussion. But uh, let me ask this because this also came up in our life group discussion. Um, so, in uh, the passage uh, that we were in Sunday, John 18, um, <clears throat> verse 9. So uh leading up to that, you know, we're seeing Jesus, uh, they ask him, uh he, you know, after they've fallen down, he kind of reminds them of why they're there. And he says, Who do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth, and he says, I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these men go. Um, and then it says in verse nine that this was to fulfill the word that he had spoken of those whom you gave me, I have lost not one. And so um, we began to talk about that in our our our, uh, our life group. Um, really, like, what was he referencing? So, you know, of course, we found uh, there's a passage in John 6, uh, verse 39, that, you know, that, that sort of references that. Um, but even in that, it seems like a spiritual, sort of a spiritual reference, right? Like, you know, the That God would not lose one of those entrusted to him. Hmm. Um, And so, what does that have to do with letting the disciples physically go in that moment? Does that make sense? Is that a question?
4: I got
2: an answer. Sorry, I'll go else I, I, go. well, I thought Sean
1: raised his hand. I'm sorry,
4: I was I was yeah, am I miming again? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think in reference though, you go backwards one chapter to his his prayer. The high priestly he, prayer. Yeah, that's right. And so he he says in there in verse twelve, While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you've given me, I've guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the Son of Destruction, mm-hmm. that the scripture might be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So he's he's, he's referencing that um, And, so, and I've I zoned out The rest of
3: your question <laughs> <laughs> no. Bored. Bored. But,
4: but I was, like, no, I was for looking me, for the reference For so. me it
3: was like that wow. passage is uh, Like again I walked away <laughs> so. with a deeper appreciation For Peter And then the other thing was Just of a loving shepherd Who was taking care of those mm-hmm. Around got, him yeah. and And seeing it all the way Through patiently Thoughtfully, tenderly, just having complete dominion over his creation in that Mm -hmm. moment and seeing it
2: all the way through um, in a very loving way. It is a beautiful picture. Mm -hmm. And again, without tipping the cards of where we're going this Sunday, there's a moment where Jesus is, I mean, like within minutes, he's about to, to give up his spirit, the scripture says. And there are three Marys, funny enough, at the cross. And next to the three Marys is, and you got to love the guy who writes the gospel, uh, the disciple whom Jesus loved. That's what he calls himself. It's John. John is the gospel writer. And, and Jesus looks at, at Mary and, and looks at John and says, this, this is your mother. Take her and take care of her. And then, then looks at, at, at Mary and says, this is your son. So, so from this moment, like he is, all the people that he loves, all the people that have followed him... He's making sure that they're safe and that they have a place to go, which brings up a whole nother podcast. This is the reason why Catholics believe we should all call Mary mother, because it says, and he said to the disciples, this is your mother, Mary. That's a whole nother podcast for a whole nother day. But (laughs) but for me,
3: like you go back to John 14, where Jesus says, look, I'm going to be, I'm going to leave you guys, but I'm going to send the helper. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to be like, we're going to, we're going to be with you, right? And who would you want with you? Well, this is the kind of father that you'd want with you. Right. Is the father who takes thoughtful care of you, even in the middle of hundreds of soldiers in your presence. And to make sure you don't do something stupid that puts you at risk, like I've got you.
2: Mm -hmm. I just. And he did do something stupid. Cut the ear off. And still fixes fixes it. Puts it back on his head. Yeah. (laughs) He's such a good (laughs) God. I'm thankful for Jesus.
3: (laughs) So for, for me, this passage, forevermore, that picture of Jesus, but also Peter and the Swiss Army Knife, you ruined that story. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he's, not, he's not wielding Excalibur, guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, in I my mind, he him. was until <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> I don't see how you cut somebody's Samurai. ear
1: off. I mean, that's like, you've got to be precise or just completely mess up. And get really loud. Well, it's option two. It's, it's, but yeah, like, I was going to say, do you do if you were like,
0: aiming for his like nose, you know, and you cut his yeah, ear, but you, yeah, but
1: you, I would think
2: you'd be going in and not up and down. I, well, I think he's at the point where he's just getting after it. It doesn't say that he gave it a one go and it came off. Like he, he might have trying maybe, to get after. Maybe it. hacked at that baby. Could have had, yeah. <laughs>
1: Could have had <laughs> in three times, four times. He can't hit the dude in the face. I don't know,
0: bro. I wasn't
1: there. It's always saying. bothered me. Uh-huh. I mean, I mean, he, was a,
4: he was a fisherman. He was used to setting the hook that is of going true. Out, yeah,
0: pushing yeah. it out. So. That's you know, which begs the question: What was a fisherman doing with a uh, you know a sword? But of course, now that that I know knife. it was a Swiss Army knife. knife. You know, a knife
4: makes it was, sense. It was
2: his oyster oyster
0: knife. <laughs>
4: that's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so this this Sunday, of course, we uh, we step into the next chapter where we uh, we talk about um, Jesus' crucifixion, mm-hmm. and so uh, looking forward to that and. Um, and just continuing again as we ultimately land on Easter Sunday and and celebrate His resurrection.
2: Uh, so, any uh, any closing thoughts before we wrap up, guys? Man, I, I love this time. I love yep. to to get to not just relive the moment on Sunday, but to dive deeper into it, and it it gets me excited. Like even as we talk through it, it gives me even a greater appreciation for who Jesus is, what Jesus has done, and what this means for us today, because he is still the same loving shepherd that that we can trust. Um, that Peter tried to defend, um, but as you know, C.S. Lewis would say, a lion doesn't need defending. Mm-hmm. Um, that that even in his like proper state of defense, the Lord loved him mm-hmm. and cleaned up his mess, but also still kept him on the path. Yeah. Um, and then, as you would see, we're not going to get to it, but when you get to John 21, go mm. read it. It's beautiful. That was last year's Easter sermon, I think. Um, but the fact that even after he blows it, Jesus loves him enough to restore him back to it. Yeah. Um, just really beautiful picture. Mm.
0: Well, thank you guys for your thought and uh, for the laughs. And looking forward to next week. Yes. It's going to be great. So, love you guys. Love, love, you guys. love you guys. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at my Broadmoor. Thanks for listening.